Hi, this is Dr. Kimberly Leonard, and you're listening to Incredible Life Creator Podcast. My guest today is Robert Raymond Riopel. Robert Raymond Riopel is an international best-selling author, app designer, entrepreneur, and trainer who has spent the past 18 years traveling around the world sharing his passion. He has also shared the stage with and trained many of the top trainers throughout and thought leaders in the world. With his high energy and heartfelt style, Robert draws on his journey from humble beginnings to financial freedom at the age of 32 to inspire individuals into tapping into their greatness. Realizing that he is not the only person that struggles, Robert's clues open individuals up to the possibilities that lie within them, and that is why he is a highly sought after presenter. We are in the same lane, Robert. <laughs> I'm all about opening up the possibilities, seeing what's there and jumping in. Oh, that's perfect. And that's why I'm happy to be here because, you know, possibilities is exactly what it's about. And a lot of people don't think there's possibilities for their life, but then when they open their mind a little bit and realize there is, their whole life can change in the direction they want it to go. It sure does. Cause it gives us choices. That's right. It's wonderful to have choices. Well, and that's one thing I tell people all the time is, you know, no matter what's going on in your life, the one thing you do have is choice. And people go, no, I had no choice. Yeah, you actually can choose how to react to something. Mm -hmm. And your reaction is actually going to impact the outcome. And it's the same thing, though. It, when you realize that you do have choice, you actually bring back your power. You start to own your power again instead of giving it away like, unfortunately, so many people do. Exactly. So we're definitely going to talk about that. But before we do, tell us your story, how you started out, how you got to be doing what you're doing now. Well, I'm not going to give you my age, but let's just say I was born a few decades ago and you're going to figure it out soon anyway. But um, growing up here in Alberta, I was taught about thinking inside the box, staying in the box, don't question the box. And when it came to work, as an example, it's to support your family, you do whatever you have to do, legal, ethical, moral, even if you hate the job, if it's giving you a, a steady income, you do that. So when I entered the workforce at a very young age, that's exactly what I did. I started working hard, even jobs I hated. And by the time I'm 21, I'm being laid off from my third major job. And I'm thinking, I'm starting to get a complex about it. I'm going, is it me? Every time I get hired onto a major job, they then shut the place down. Did, you know, <laughs> I started to take that on a little bit. And when I was laid off from the third job, I'm a newlywed still, and I want to take care of my family. And here in Alberta at that time, we were going through another one of those rough oil busts where the economy was not doing well. And I went out and did what I was taught to do, looking for that real job. And I put the suit, the tie, the jacket on, and I couldn't find any real jobs. I want to take care of my family. So I decided to do something until I find that real job. And I started delivering pizzas for Domino's Pizza. And now at 21, I was the old guy delivering pizzas. <laughs> All the other drivers like 17, 18, and they wanted to party. So because of my work ethic, I was working seven days a week because I could always convince one of the younger guys to let me have their closing shift, even if I wasn't scheduled. And from my work ethic, I ended up becoming a manager. My wife then became my assistant manager and we again started working open to close seven days a week because we know how to work hard. And so imagine our surprise when a year and a half in, all of a sudden our franchisee tells us he's decided to get out of Domino's Pizza and he's selling his two stores. 
and we had been in the system long enough and watched enough stores get sold we knew that the new owners would immediately replace the managers because they wanted to bring their own team in and so i went into kind of panic mode because here we are about now both of us lose our income and my solution to this kimberly was we got to find the other franchisees and find out who needs a new manager and my wife looks at me and she goes why would we do that we're qualified to be franchisees why don't we just buy the store and i'm like looking at her because we don't have any money that's why we don't <laughs> buy the store you know it's it's funny how money kind of plays into something like that but i'll tell you one of the amazing things one of the many amazing things about my wife is she's an out-of-the-box thinker because raised as a by a single mother youngest of five children raised by a single mother she was taught to figure it out and so we started making a lot of mistakes as we were starting to figure out how do we buy a store if we don't have our money and every time we'd try and we'd make a mistake we'd learn from it and eventually we learned what to say and what not to say and we actually got not the one store we end up getting a hundred percent financing to buy both the stores for my franchisee and we became franchisees ourselves and it was like you know, the heavens open up and we've got it made, we're successful. But I'll tell you, we knew how to run a Domino's pizza, but we didn't know how to run a business. And that's a world of a difference right there. And we really struggled for the first two years. And the only reason we made is because we were too tenacious to quit. And, and in fact, here was our philosophy. If there's money in the bank, we must be doing okay. <laughs> Not a good way to run a business. And by the time we were franchisees for eight years, because of, as we made more money, we started spending more and our habits went kind of crazy. And we had all the toys keeping up with the Joneses. And we are now over $150,000 in personal debt and going down quickly. And that's when we were introduced to personal development and a three-day training changed our life because it taught us A, why we we're in debt to help us understand, B, and more importantly, we learned to take ownership, quit, blaming that coming back to that choice thing you know we were i was good at blaming others for losing my money and why that investment didn't work and it was why it was their fault so when we learned to take ownership our life changed and then walking out of that three-day training we also had practical steps we could do that if we wanted to get out of debt and probably and here's a statistic in north america unfortunately only three percent of people will actually use information that they've learned or been given and I think we would have fallen into the category of the 97%, but we were so stressed out. We knew something had to change. We committed to making the change. And because we did, also next thing you know, we were able to take and go from being over $150,000 in debt to actually being completely retired, financially free, nine months later at the age of 32. And our minds went, that worked. If this information gave us that result, what would more learning do? And that's when we started diving in and learning from as many people as we can. And that's also when I found my passion. I wanted to start teaching people because I realized if I could even help one person, one person do what my wife and I had accomplished, go from financial stress to financial independence, it'd make it all worthwhile. And now in the past 20 plus years, I've been blessed to travel all around the world, personally train over half a million students in three to five day trainings, anywhere from 100 students to 6,000 students at a time. And in three to five day trainings and on stage for up to 12 hours a day, living my passion and really being able to have an impact. And that's kind of the short, long version of my journey, Dr. Kimberly. <laughs>
Well, beautiful. And talk about tenacity. You know, there's a lot to be said for that, for consistency and just never, ever, ever giving up. Yes, so true. Because that's one of the biggest choices you have. You get to decide when you quit. You get to decide when you stop. So why not decide to take one more step instead and watch what's possible? That's true. That reminds me of that little thing. Um, you know, winners, what is it? Quitters never win and winners never quit. That's correct. Yeah, I've People heard that win, somewhere. They just don't quit <laughs> yep. until they make it. Yeah, and it's not like you're never going to get knocked down or fall down. And this is one of the important reasons why it's critical to surround yourself with um, what I used to call like-minded people. But because I'm always learning, uh, one of my mentors last year gave me a whole paradigm shift on that. Because uh, what he pointed out is, Robert, if you're surrounded by um, complainers and you're like-minded, you're going to be a complainer as well. And he said, what you want to surround yourself by is actually growth-minded people. Because those are the people that are not only are they going to pick you up when you fall, they're going to be your greatest cheering squad when you're doing well. But the most important thing is they're going to be the ones that are willing, willing to have the tough conversations with you in your life. You know, like as an example, my wife, I wouldn't be doing what I do today if it wasn't for her, because she's not willing to let me play smaller than I am, even if it means sometimes having to kick me in the ass and saying, step up. And of course, I'm always open and to being, you know, coached that way, <laughs> not. But when I look back, I realize, wow, if it was left to my own devices, I'd be in a job still miserable, but comfortable. But thank goodness she's not willing um, to not let me play small. She's willing to have those tough conversations when they're needed. So I tell people, surround yourself with those growth minded people. Quit trying to do it on your own. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. And as you're saying that, I'm thinking, you know, I'm highly attracted to people who are masters at what they do. Those people that the T's are crossed, the I's are dotted, you know, that dancer who just looks like they float across the floor. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's, there's something to be said for um, the consistency they have in life. The fact that they just practice the basics over and over and over again until they get to where they want to go. And, you know, for some of us who are struggling, like you were with your restaurant at first, you know, you needed to find those mentors and those people to help you along the way to make the journey a little easier, a little faster. Totally agree. To help you not only learn what to do properly, but just as important what to not do because of the mistakes they've made that they've learned from. And you, you said a very critical key of what, you know, from traveling around the world and being able to train so many students, one of the biggest differences I've noticed between success and non-success is successful people are those dancers. They're willing to put the work in again and again and again. One of the favorite quotes I have from one of my mentors is that every master was once a disaster. And people are afraid to go through that disaster stage. And they go, well, Robert, how do I do what you do? I wanna travel the world. I wanna be able to impact lives. And my response is, if you wanna do what I do, then you've gotta be willing to do what I do. And that's the ugly, boring as hell, behind the scenes stuff that nobody loves to do so that when I'm on stage, it looks like I'm that dancer 
just gliding because I've got the muscle memory and I'm not having to think about it. My body, my you know, whole being just knows what to do because I've done it so many times behind the scenes practicing. That's what it takes for success. And people go see it, but I don't want to work that hard for success. But when they realize they're working just as hard, if not harder, having failure, they're not seeing though that the two are the same thing. So they're already working hard and they're going through stress and struggle. So why not put some of that energy to go in the direction you truly want to go in and get the results you want? Because there is really no difference. You're working hard anyway. I love that distinction. Thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I have to go back to the beginning of your story. Your wife, your wonderful yes. wife, who sounds like is your, your perfect partner as far as just how you guys, you know, mold together. And, and, you know, when, you know, you're, you're this way, she's that way. And somehow together you're this superpower. So how did you meet your wife? How do we find a good one? <laughs> We're still looking. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you as a man, sometimes I can be pretty clueless and I didn't meet her. She got me. You know, um, we've actually been very, very blessed because we've known each other since we were 13. We actually started dating when we were 16. We got married when we were 19. And we just this past June celebrated our 32nd wedding anniversary. Oh, congratulations. So <laughs> don't do the math of how old I am. And, you know, it, it's all fun and game. But the reality is for two years, my wife had tried to get my attention. And I didn't notice her. We're, in Canada, we have something called the Cadet Organization. And it's for kids that are 13 to 19 and it's kind of linked with our armed forces. So for the army, they have the army cadets, air force, they have air cadets, sea, they have sea cadets. And we were both part of sea cadets and we were looking learning about discipline, learning about, you know, skills, learning about a lot of leadership, a lot of great things. And for two years, um, you know, we're getting together on a weekly basis. We have weekend sports events and we knew each other. And my wife was trying to get my attention, but I just clueless, didn't notice. And we were doing volunteering one weekend at, for a, a river race, jet boats on the river, and our core was helping out. And we have breaks and we were playing some games. And so we we're playing touch football. Now I'm not, you know, for your listeners that are thinking football, soccer, I'm talking, you know, American style football, but we're playing touch football because we don't have the, you know, helmets and the pad, shoulder pads on. So instead of tackling someone, you just have to touch them and that's like a tackle. And I'm, you know, 16, I've got ego and I'm playing the quarterback and I'm going for this touchdown because there's no one to pass to. So I tuck the ball under, I'm going for a touchdown. I'm about to cross the goal line when all of a sudden someone tackles me hard from behind right to the ground. And I'm instantly pissed off. I'm like, who the tackled me? <laughs> until I turned around and saw it was a girl that tackled me. And all of a sudden it was like, instantly I was smitten with her. And some people may not know what that word means, but it was like, when I turned around, it was like, wow. Cause in my mind is like, you must be amazing. If you tackled me, that ego kicking in. Uh -huh. And here it was this young lady and, and it, you know, she got tired of me not noticing her. She had said, you know what? He's going to notice me. I'm going to tackle his ass to the crowd. <laughs> well, she got my attention and the very next day I ended up asking her to be my girlfriend and we've been together ever since then. <laughs> what a great story. I love that. 
I so love that. So I'm going to kind of go back to life and business again. So, yeah. you know, there's so many entrepreneurs out there or business people or even people in their jobs and they're working hard. They're putting their best in, you know, at their work, they have families, their family, you know, maybe there's stuff going on at home with families. There's always something going on. Always, right. Yep. And you can get so overwhelmed. And now with all the changes happening in the last couple of years, people are really getting overwhelmed. So if you're that high achieving person, but who doesn't want to forget about the important things, but you're getting overwhelmed, what do we do? Yeah. And well, first of all, everybody gets overwhelmed and it doesn't even have to just be a high achieving person. And what I've discovered a couple of reasons people get overwhelmed is either you are so far in the future, like you're like, here's where I am, I'm struggling, there's where I wanna be. And the moment you decide where you wanna be, your mind goes into the overwhelm because it's now trying to plan every step. How's it gonna work? What's it gonna look like? What do I need to do? How long will it take? And you're trying to plan everything else or everything out. Or the other reason people get overwhelmed is they're so far in the past, uh, look what happened to me. Because of this, that's where I'm struggling. And they're playing, you know, caught up in that victim role. So my suggestion for people is no matter whether you're far in the future or in the past is just take a deep breath in, come back to your center, come back to being present. You know, the reason people say focus on your breath is because you can only breathe in the present. And once you bring yourself back to present, ask yourself a simple question. What is one step, one step I can take in the direction I want to go and don't try to make it hard. Don't make it try to make it. Yeah, but what about this? No, just what's one step, one thing I can do right now to actually move in that direction. And then when you take that step, celebrate. Check in with yourself. How am I doing? I'm doing great. Yes. And you know, like a fist bump or a pat on the back, something to celebrate that you took that step. And then ask yourself the question, what's my next step? What's one more thing I can do? This is why they say that success comes one step at a time. It is so true. And so, especially when you're feeling overwhelmed, just come back and take one more step, one more step. And especially in the beginning, I love to mess with my mind because people think their mind is there to give them success, happiness, all that. It's not. Your mind is there to keep you right where you are and keep you from moving forward. It, want, it likes the comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And so the way I like to mess with my mind is especially the more overwhelmed I am, I'll make that step simpler like something that no matter what i can do it in that instant so i can celebrate it and some people will go but that's too easy perfect see start with easy and as you get in the habit because that's what you want to create as you get in the habit of doing this all of a sudden it'll become easier to do bigger and bigger and bigger steps so start with those really small ones and watch what you can accomplish so that would be my recommendation yeah, I love that. And that was reminding me of a podcast I did earlier on when I was just starting out with someone and he was talking about how there's people who are so afraid to leave their homes. They're afraid to go even into their backyard. They're so fearful. And what he would start out with them is just imagine what you would do what you would see if you just cracked the door open and kind of peered outside 
what would you see? And they had yeah. to start that small because they couldn't handle any more than that. Yeah, and because any bigger step would overwhelm them. So you've got to keep it simple. And it, it, it sounds, some people go, well, that just sounds silly. Perfect. That's your mind making that judgment. That's your mind trying to say, oh my goodness, they're about to change. How do I stop them? Because your mind knows you greater than you know yourself. And it knows exactly what to do and what to say to make you feel right about something so that it can stop you. And that's why, you know, probably one of the greatest things that changed my life when I, I didn't used to believe in personal development. I didn't believe in, you know, checking in on myself. How am I doing? Why is this working or not working? I thought that was kind of way out there. That was too woo woo for me. But today I look back and I go, man, I, I'm always checking in with myself. If something takes me out as an example for more than 10 minutes where I'm noticing like, why is this still bothering me? Mm -hmm. I'm taking a deeper look because I've learned and conditioned myself. You know, every master was once a disaster. Boy, was I a disaster years ago. And to be clear, in a lot of ways, I'm still a disaster today. But because I don't beat myself up over it as hard, I get through that. So I want your audience to realize that don't think I'm perfect. Don't think that I've got this amazing life. Like everybody else, I have good days. I have bad days. I have things that work. I have things that don't work. But because I'm so self-aware now, I don't let things take me out for very long. Whereas it used to be, if something took me out, Dr. Kimberly, it would take me out for a day, a week, a month or longer. Today, if it takes me out more than 10 minutes, I'm checking in. What's going on? Why is this impacting me so hard? And because I'm willing to take that hard look, then I can get through and let it go quicker. You know, and, and I make fun of it, but it's so true. Probably one of my most favorite animated movies. And I love animated movies because have you ever noticed there's more lessons in there for the adults than actually there is for the kids? There and is. One of my favorite, and I use this as a conditioned way of releasing all the time, is I think of the movie Frozen and that simple song. Let it go, let it go. That's the only part of the song that I know because <laughs> that's when I'm getting stressed about something, I'll play that in my head and I'll go, wow, okay, let it go. And again, people go, that can't be that simple. Sure it can. I chose it to be that simple, coming back to that choice again. Yeah, I love that. And I love that, you know, just reminding us to be gentle with ourselves and love ourselves, regardless of whether we're a disaster or a master at the moment. That's right. And what's the saying? If you had a friend that treated you the way you treat yourself, they wouldn't be your friend for very long. No. But yet we, we take it from ourselves because we've been conditioned to do that. So become your own greatest best friend. And when you become, and I'm not saying let yourself off the hook all the time. Remember, this is one of the reasons you surround yourself with those growth-minded people is because you have people there to hold you accountable, people there to make sure that you're doing what you said you're gonna do. In other words, quit trying to do it all on your own. That's another reason people get overwhelmed is they think they have to do it all on their own. They think that, oh my goodness, if I ask someone for help, that means I'm weak. And no, vulnerability is one of the greatest strengths anybody has. And when you are willing to actually ask for help and then receive help from people, that's where your life can go to a whole new level. Exactly. So, um, you know, on my platform, I'm always helping people find their passion, their purpose, because 
it's my belief that until you're actually living in that, you're not really into the flow and you can't really share with the world what you were meant to share. So what is the most important thing that we can give back or we can share with the world? Uh, you, know, you are so right that you and I have a lot in common. Oh my goodness. Cause that's, that's my passion is to, you know, my mission in life is to guide and assist individuals in not only identifying, but living their purpose with passion and passion is my favorite word in the whole world. And so for me, cause I get the question all the time of, well, Robert, I don't know what my passion is. I don't know what my purpose is. And I look at them and say, well, I'm going to disagree. You do. You're just not believing it could be. And so the clues that you can look for are, what is it that you enjoy? What is it that you just lose all track of time with when you're doing it? Because what you enjoy is a great indicator of what your purpose and passion is. So if you love to travel, that could be part of your purpose. If you, you know, I've always loved to help people and talk to people. So that's part of my purpose. And so again, of course, the argument you get is, well, I can't make money doing that. Again, I'm going to respectfully disagree because I used to not believe you could, but now with all the experience I have, I haven't found anybody that I haven't been able to not only help them identify their purpose and their passion, but then show them that there's ways that they can actually start to earn money. And it may not be right in the beginning. It may take a little bit. It may not be a wealth creating, but if you can wake up in the morning and you're excited and jazzed because you get to do something that you're passionate about for the day and make some money at the same time, how much better does it get than that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so there's so many, and you've got to be creative. Absolutely. It takes creativity. And so if you're willing to be open to other possibilities, and I love, you know, something, another one of my mentors taught me, he says, you know, you earn a living from nine to five, whatever that nine to five, if you still do nine to five job is, or business is you earn a living from nine to five. He said, but you create your life from five to nine. And when you come home, when you're finished work, what are you doing for the next couple hours to really create the life you want? What is your side hustle? Or do you sit and just, I've had a hard day. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to watch TV for the rest of the night. Or do you sit there and go, you know what? I'm going to read a book. I'm going to connect with my family because my family is important. So what you do from that five to nine is how you create that life. And so if there's something that you want to start earning a living at that you're passionate about, start it part-time. Make sure you take care of your nine to five job or business to keep earning the income that's giving you the, your life, but then start something as that side hustle, just part-time start learning it, start doing it, get through the disaster stage of it. Because as you do that and you create a habit, you'll find that all of a sudden that income will start coming up. And now choice again, comes back in funny how we keep coming back to that word, right? Cause now all of a sudden when you've got an income that's close to your regular income from your part-time doing what you love. Now you can say, you know what? I choose to do this more and let go of this because now you're not going to risk your family's future by just saying, Hey, I'm stopping this. And this is what most people think in their mind. And this is why they do struggle. Kimberly is they go, it's an all or nothing. If I'm going to follow my passion, I've got to absolutely give up what I'm doing. Don't do that. If it if impacts your family in a negative way, 
started on that part-time, that five to nine, create the life you want. And then as you create an income there, let go of the income that's been holding you back, doing the thing that you don't like to do necessarily. And watch what that will do for your life. Yeah, I love that. So I was thinking about when someone has a project, a lot of times they'll start alone, but I found that to do anything really big and impactful, you always need other people. You rarely go it alone. And, you know, some people are in that position where you were earlier, where you had a passion to take over that business, own it, but you had no money. Um, You know, there's other things where people have the money, but they don't have the skill to run a business or whatever, or whatever the project is. It doesn't even have to be business. So what, what currencies or what things do we have that we can share, that we can trade? How do we support each other in our dreams? And, 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 you know, cause I know there's relationships, there's, there's so many things that we can use as currency in our lives. Well, and that, again, you know, creativity comes right into play. Uh, you know, at one point when my wife and I had our Domino's pizzas in the beginning, especially, we couldn't afford a lot of food at home. So we were eating a lot of pizza and that can, I can still eat pizza seven days a week, you know, cause I can make it the way I want it, but not everybody can. And so creativity, you talk about a currency right there, is I had every restaurant around us on speed dial and willing to do trades. Pizza for chicken, pizza for Chinese food. So we could eat whatever we wanted and we could trade. So this is where creativity comes in. There's things that a person can do that where you can sit there and say, hey, I don't have money right now. Like there's three keys that I tell people, if you wanna have success in your life, it's a formula that I call three two, one rich. And when I talk about rich, I'm talking about in your whole life, not just money. I'm talking your mental, your emotional, your spiritual, your physical, and your financial, because I believe we are holistic um, beings. Mm -hmm. And so one of the, um, the three stands for have three coaches in your life. Make sure that it might be a success coach. It might be a wealth coach, a health coach, a relationship coach, whatever it is, have three coaches in your life. Those are the people that are gonna help you tap into what it is you truly want. They're gonna hold you accountable. They're gonna give you the guidance. Now, you get what you pay for. In the beginning of people, well, I can't afford a coach. Well, if you can't, then you find something to exchange in, um, put in exchange for that service. Because if you put nothing in, you'll pretty much take nothing out. You have to value, there has to be an exchange of value. And that's what a lot of people miss. Well, Robert, if you coach me for free, help me get started. I promise it, I'll, I'll do all the work. And I used to go down that trap <laughs> with people because I so wanted to believe them. And, but then they had no skin in the game. So they had no reason when I would push them to go further to keep in the game, if that makes sense. Yeah. So get creative. What can you exchange in value to, for that? Have two mentors in your life. Now a mentor, and this is just my perspective of the difference between the two, The coach is that person who's gonna ask the questions, help you figure out what you want, keep you accountable, give you those pushes when need be. A mentor is someone who's accomplished what you want to accomplish. And they're not there to coddle you and and ask you the questions. They're there to say, if you wanna be where I'm at, do this, do this, do this. So because I've been blessed to train thousands of trainers around the world, 
when I mentor and my one of my high-end um, programs I do is one-on-one -on -one mentoring with people. And if they, when they enter a one-year mentoring contract with me, one of our rules is very simple. I'm gonna give you tasks to do. Don't call me again until you've completed it. Doesn't, I don't care if it takes you three months. I don't care if it takes you all year. I don't care if you do it in a day. Once you've completed, then we have a next call. Because as the mentor, I'm not gonna sit there and try to convince them to do it. It's like, I've accomplished this. You know, in the last 20 years, I've done over $100 million in sales from the stage. So if you wanna to get to that level, here's what you need to do. So here's your first task, go. And it's interesting because some people, I'll hear from them right away. Done, ready for my next task, let's go. And other people, it's months. Mm -hmm. But because I set that up in advance, they know that's what to be expected. So a mentor is someone who's accomplished what you want. And as long as, when I'm being mentored, because I still have mentors in my life, again, as long as it's legal, ethical, moral, I'm not gonna sit there when they say, Robert, you need to do this. I'm not gonna sit there and go, why? I've tried that, that didn't work. I don't know, you sure? It's gonna be, okay, I'll get it done, I'll be back to you. Mm -hmm. That's the way I look at it. The one is be part of at least one mastermind. Masterminding when, you know, in school you're taught one plus one equals two, but when it's a mastermind, one plus one equals at 11. Because now you open the creative power. You know, in 1925, when um, the phrase was coined by Napoleon Hill, and then in 1937, when he wrote um, Release, Think and Grow Rich, he really expounded on what mastermind groups are. That was a game changer right there. Because when we talked about earlier, quit trying to do it on your own. I love being part of masterminds because if there's a, something I'm struggling with, can't figure out, what did Einstein say? You can't figure, uh, solve a problem with the same mind that created it. So in a mastermind group, when you're able to sit there and say, hey, here's something I'm struggling with, and all of a sudden now people are going, well, have you tried this? Well, what about this? What about that? All of a sudden that creativity gets opened up so much. And so if you have three coaches, two mentors, and you're part of at least one mastermind, it will blow your mind of what's possible, what you can create, how you can create the wealth with it. And that'll bring currencies in all areas of your life, the mental, emotional, spiritual, physical, and the financial. I love that. And I was thinking about that, you know, when we have other people's point of view, we create something even better because I have a friend that he was a petroleum engineer and, and now he's in logistics. So it's black and white. It's cut and dry. He looks at the numbers and either it works or it doesn't. I'm the visionary. I'm the dreamer. Let's go do this. I'm so excited. <laughs> he's like, well, did you think about this? And did you think about this? And he said, yeah, you need to handle those things before you go do that. So it's always good to have input from different personalities, people with different skill sets. Yes. Um, you know, people who see, see things a different way. And that is the key because it, it, you know, if I was to mastermind, say when I was in Domino's Pizza, if I was just to mastermind with other franchisees, we'll, we're all pretty much thinking the same way because we're all in the same industry. So in my mastermind groups, I love to have people from completely different industries, upbringings, beliefs, all of that because it opens up what you were just talking about. That's perfect. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I would um, want to ask you, you've talked a little bit about your services, just kind of touched on it. But at this point, could you tell people if they wanted to contact you, how do they do that? Do you have websites or social media? 
what services do you have now that's available that they could actually utilize? Yeah, you know, um, I in 2017, I released my very first book, which is called Success Left a Clue. I'm writing my second book right now, The Authority Key, which will release in, you know, first or second quarter of 2022. I'm excited about that. And, you know, Dr. Kimberly, you were so um, gracious to invite me on your podcast. And I believe that our time is one of our most precious commodities that we have. And the fact that you took your time to invite me and have me on a guest, I truly appreciate that. And I appreciate your listeners taking their time to listen. And so as a gift from you and me to your listeners, what I love to do, if people want to know more about me and all the things I do, is I would love as a gift to them to give them the actual access to the full digital copy of my book, Success Left a Clue, as our gift. And all they have to do is just go to my website, which is my name, robertriopel.com. So just R-O-B-E-R-T-R-I-O-P-E-L.com. And they'll be able to download the entire digital copy of that book. And it does come with a caveat though. I'm going to let you know that. I did not write this book. I did not write it for people to read it and then put it on the shelf and make it shelf help. That's not why I wrote it. Um, in here, I have six very simple but powerful steps to help people create the life they want. And step number three is you have to take action. From traveling all over the world, the biggest difference between success and non is successful people take action. So I wrote this like a manual, as a workbook. There's actually action steps all the way through it. And I'll even say in the book, did you do the last action? If not, stop reading right now, go back, do the action before you read anymore. Because I know people are creatures of habit. And I'm gonna tell um, you right now, I promise to your audience, if they download the book, read it and do the action steps, they'll be able to take their life to another level. And so that'll be the greatest way to stay in touch with me because I am on social media and that. Um, but please, as you know, this book, international best-selling book, why? Because I've been able to impact lives all over the world. And that's the, what I bring into the book. So download it, do the steps, watch what you can create. That is exciting. And thank you so much for that, that resource. Oh, that gift. This is beautiful. So I have a personal question for you. What gives you the most happiness and fulfillment in your life? Oh, other than my family, when a student comes up and they'll say, Hey, do you remember when you said this to me? Here's how it changed my life. And I get goosebumps. Uh, I just get lit up. That's such an amazing feeling. Thank you. And I think you've lit up a lot of people's brains and hearts today. So thank you so much for being on the podcast and for sharing all your wisdom. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah. So I have one last question before we finish. What is your best advice on living an incredible, amazing life? Mm. I believe the greatest gift anybody can give this world is to be themselves. Just be authentic. And when you're yourself, either people are going to like you or they don't. And if they like you for who you are, that's awesome. If they don't like you for who you are, that's awesome. Because how much time, and I'm only coming from experience as a reformed world-class people pleaser is I look back at how much time and energy I spent trying to be something else for people to like me. The moment I said, this is just me, like me or don't, I'm okay. That's when my world opened up. So just be yourself. That's the greatest gift you can give the world. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Robert. 
and we'll talk to you again soon.